We are learning Daf Chav Gimel. We're starting from the bottom of Chav Beis from the Beis, where the Gemara says Tanu Rabbanan Rasadi Kishmechem Beitam. The pasuk says, "I will bring the rain in the right time." So, what does it mean in the right time? The point is, Lo Shikora Velotzmeat That the ground won't be too 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 drunk from water, meaning too wet. It won't be thirsty. It will be just wet enough. And the idea with that is that if the rain would come concentrated so quickly all at one time. It would get too soggy, and it wouldn't be good for it. If it would come spread out over too great of a period of time, it wouldn't moisten the earth well enough. So if it was if it was just in the middle, that's when you know that things are good. Whenever the rain is too much, then it just muddies the whole earth, and it can't make produce. So that's the point of the itam, that even if you have all the bracha, but if it's too concentrated and it, it's, it, then it will make everything too soggy, then also the plants won't come in the right way. Now the Gemara gives us another interpretation to this. Another interpretation, the Pasuk of the itam, the right time for the rain is below reviews below Shabbos. It will come on the night of of uh, t- Tuesday nights and on Friday nights. What's the point with this? Is that people aren't going to be inconvenienced. In other words, it's not just that we're going to get the rain, but we're going to get it in a way that people won't be inconvenienced with this. What's the pshat over here? Rashi says in Sachim that there's a certain demon which is usually around on Tuesday nights and Friday nights, so that's why people don't walk out too much at the time on Tuesday and Friday night. So now it's Gishmak. Not only do we have the bracha of the rain, but we have it without any burden whatsoever. And the Gemara says, Once happened in the times of Shimon Shimon Manshatach was um, a tana in, in the beginning of the second base of Mikdash. So Shiyar Dilem Shaman Bilele reviews Vilel Shabbat said it always fell for them only on, only on Tuesday and Friday nights. And not only did it fall in the right time, but the bracha that was found in the times of Shimon Manshatach was really great. All the kernels of wheat were as large as it, kidneys, and the barleys were as big as alapits, and the lentils were as big as gold dinner coins, so now there's really big bracha on the produce, and they bundled them to save, to save away as examples for future generations, meaning they, they knew it was a miracle, and to make sure that they would always recall this miracle, so they stored away to show to other future generations. What are they showing them? To show how much um, sin can ruin. Because really, this is the way it should be. This is the right thing. If people are always righteous, then the grain of Eretz Yisrael would be capable of producing to such a great extent. But if there's sin, then things aren't going to work. And that's why things don't grow well. Your sins have turned away the brachas of rain and all the things have withheld the good. So really, really, the way it should be is that this is with this tremendous size of the produce. That's the way it should be. But it's only because of our sins, that's the reason why we have all these issues. It says the Gemara the same thing in the times of Herod, when they were building the second base of Mikdash. So this is, they were kind of like refurbishing it towards the end of the second base of Mikdash, which the times of Herod. It's interesting, Herod himself wasn't really full Jew. Uh, this is the times after the Hashemunak dynasty, but they were he was refurbishing the second base of Mikdash. In fact, the Gemara and Baba Basra says he was refurbishing it to try to get back on the rabbi's good side after he had murdered a lot of rabbis. But the bottom line is, they were working on it by yarding Yisham and the rain would only fall at night in order not to interfere with the work. Lamacha the next day, Nashar Ruach, the wind would blow, and his brother of him, the clouds would disperse, suddenly the sun would come out, and they would be able to work. We also have the and then everyone would go work and know that it was like a sign from heaven. The Yadu, they were aware that their work was being machuzik, um, they was being strengthened. Akalish Baruch was saying that he was supportive of what they were doing. Okay, now we go back to discuss something from the mission about Choni Hamagal. So, already most of Adar had passed and still no rain had fallen yet. So, they sent a message to Choni, please, please daven that the rain should fall. But no rain fell. 
He drew a circle. He stood in the circle. Just the same way that Chavakuk had done. Shinemar says in the pasuk, "I will stand in my post and I will make like a I'll surround myself." So this is the same idea by Chavakuk that um, he wasn't going to budge. He said, Your children have turned their faces to me. They're relying on me. I'm like just like a Ben Bayes in front of you. I swear by your great name. I refuse to move unless you have pity on your children. So this is his tefillah. So the rain started to sprinkle a little bit. The Talmudim said, Rebbe, we want to see you and not die. Meaning, we need more rain. This is not good enough. You just prayed and it had to rain a little bit or, 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 or you were going to, never going to leave. So Hashem is just saying that, okay, I'll give you a little bit of rain and now you can leave. But he's not giving us enough rain that it's going to make a difference. So therefore, Choni goes back to the Rebbe Shalom. I didn't ask for that rain. I want rains that can fill the water holes, the ditches, and the caves. So in response, the rains began to fall with tremendous force. Every drop was the size of the mouth of the jug. That no drop was less than a lug size. That's a tremendous amount of water. Again, we want to see when not die. If the rain continues like this, we're going to be destroyed. Now it appears that maybe the rain isn't Gishme Brachas just trying to destroy the world. So This is not what I want. I want rain of good bracha and nedava. That's what I want. So now the rain fell normally. So the people, because it was raining so much, they had to go up to the Harabayas because of the great amount of rain. So now there was so much rain, they needed shelter. So they said to Choni Rebbe, "Kishem Shabbalta Shiradu, Shiradu, just as you had daven for the rain to come, Kach is Bal Viyacholem. You should daven that the rain should leave." Amalem, he said, "Kach Mukublani, but I have a tradition. Sheimis Bal Noravatova. We have a tradition that we don't daven for something that's too good to go away. I mean, we, we learned about that yesterday. Afubikain, nonetheless, if you paratoda, bring me a bull." Um, for to to do to do vidoy to confess. In other words, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask that the rain should stop. And I'll I'll be able to confess for the sin of asking for for too much rain to to for 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 too much rain to to come. So that's what they did. They brought him a bull in order for him to confess. He leans his two hands in front of They can't bear too much punishment or too much good. So he's saying, I have to daven for the uh, for the rain to stop." Uh, and if you become angry with them, they can't bear it. If you give too much bracha, they also can't do it. So Klaiso needs something in moderation. The rain should stop, and there should be relief brought to the world. Immediately, the wind blew, and the clouds dispersed. The sun came back out. The people were able to go back into, out to the fields. And they immediately had truffles and mushrooms that were growing. Um, and that was a sign that, in fact, that the Gishamim were Gishme Bracha. So this is what Choni Amagol does here, and he was able to, to daven for the rain to stop, even though normally we don't do that, but he still did it with his bowl of confession with it. Sent him the message. Not for the fact that you're such a special person of Choni, I would put you in Cherem. I would excommunicate you. Because, first of all, 
it was totally wrong what you did because had these years been like the years of Elio, where the keys of rain were given to Elio, right? When the Jews sinned, Elio made a shvuah that no rain would come unless he decreed that the rain would come. In other words, he was as if Elio and Avi was personally in charge of the rain. Still, when the name of Hashem not have been desecrated on account of you, in other words, Yehoni was swearing that he wouldn't move until it rained. And Elio swore it wouldn't rain unless he wished it to. So what would happen if Elio lived and made this oath while Yehoni was alive? So one of them would have been a false shvua, right? Yehoni saying he's not going to leave until, until the rain comes. And here we have, um, we have Elio Navi promising that he's going to be in control of the rain. So one of them would have been a Chol Hashem Shemayim. Whenever there's a false shvua, that's a Chol Hashem Shemayim. So that's just an example of Elio Navi to show that there are times when, uh, you know, it's, it's very important that there's no rain. So who are you, Choni, to make a shvua that you're not going to budge from here until the rain will come? We see from that story with Elio that in a sense, there are certain ex- extenuating circumstances where perhaps it's a good thing that there is no rain. That is why it's supposed to be. So therefore, it was wrong that you did that to begin with. How can I excommunicate you even though you did the wrong thing? Maybe you do the wrong thing. You sit in front of Hashem and you demand brazenly Hashem make it rain. Hashem still does whatever you want. And this is an example. Love of like a son who just misbehaves by his father. He demands from him whatever he wants. But still the father does whatever he wants. The son says, He says, Take me. I want a bath in warm water. Rinse me off with some cold water. I want nuts, almonds, peaches, pomegranates, and still the notes. And the father always gives it to him. So this is the concept of the brazen son who asks for too much. And still the father gives in to whatever request the son has. Mark continues here discussing what Choni Amago did, how he had been so brazen to daven for the rain and tell exactly what he wanted to Akadosh Baruch Hu. Rabbanon, it says in the Bible, What did the people from the Lishka Sagazis, that's the people of the Sanhedrin, what did they send to Choni Amago? Meaning, what was the message? What was their response after the story? So they sent to him the following Pasuk. The Pasuk is in Eov. And how the Pasuk is discussing, Akadosh Baruch Hu fulfills what the Tzaddik wants. So, Batigzar Omer, Vayakam Lach. So you make a decree and it will be fulfilled. And the light will shine whatever you want. So this, they expounded that this Pasuk is a reference to like someone like Choni Amago. Takes our you make a decree and it's fulfilled. You being Choni, decreed here, down here on earth that it should rain. HaKadosh Baruch Hu then reciprocates and fulfills your word from Shemaim, it rains. Your light will shine on your ways. Generation that was uh, in darkness, and the idea is that they didn't have rain, you brought them um, You brought them light, and you brightened them through your tefillah. Okay, now we continue with the next psalkim. They've fallen low, and you said they should be picked up. The generation that was very low, you were able to pick them up through your davening. Veshach inaim Yoshia, the one whose eyes are down, he will save. Darsha Shach Avono, the generation that was pushed all the way down because of their sin. Hoshata, you save them through your tefillah. Yimalet inaki, he will deliver one who is not innocent. What does this mean? Darsha lohayonaki milamato. A generation that was not innocent, your darchoni that was not doing well and they needed help, you delivered them through tefillah. And he will be delivered because of all of what is in your hands. You deliver the generation through the purity of your deeds that are in your hands. So basically, they're all, it's all making the same point. That choni, 
right? His righteousness was able to save uh, the people and his whole generation. In other words, he was the one who was uplifting them, even though they themselves were not worthy. Now, after we learn about Choni, this great miracle worker, and his power of tefillah bringing rain, so now the Gemara tells us the end of his life, a very famous story. All the days that Choni was alive, he was very bothered by the following Pasuk. The Pasuk is talking about the Golas and the return of the Jewish people from the Golas of Bavl. So the Golas of Bavl was 70 years. So the Pasuk says, Shira Malos, a song when we're, uh, when we're exalted, when Hashem will return the, uh, the, the Golas from Zion, it's like we will, be, we will be like dreamers. So it sounds like it's saying that the Golas of Bavl is like a dream. Just like you could have a 70-year dream, so too the Golas of Bavl uh, will be for seven years. So Amr Mika Dayan and Shivan Shinin Mahama, is it possible for someone to sleep for seventy years in one dream? Meaning like it sounds like the Pasik is comparing the Gulls Bubble to the seventy the seventy year Gulls Bubble to a dream. But there is no such thing as a seventy year dream. Whoever has that? Yomachad, it happened one day, have a Orcha, he's gone the road, Hugavar, you saw a person Haruba. He was planting a carob tree. Omale Chodi says to him, how many years is it going to take before the carob tree will will give fruit? said to Chodi, at it takes seventy years for the carob tree to give fruit. Omale Chodi said, is it clear to you that you're going to live for another thirty years? Meaning it seems strange to waste your time working for something that you may never get to use. So I relate, he said to Choni, Hi Gavra, this man, meaning myself, I came into a world which already had carob trees. So obviously somebody planted them for me. Just as my parents or grandparents planted these trees for me, that I, even though they they weren't going to enjoy them, they did it for the future. So I'm going to plant these as well for my children. So that's what he observed for this person. Now, Yosef Kalkar Choni sits down and he starts eating. Also, he got very tired. But maybe he falls asleep. And there was like this sort of rock that came around him as he slept. He He became hidden by this rock as he slept. And he slept remarkably for 70 years. An incredible point. When he woke up from his sleep, he saw that there was a person he woke up in the same spot with the carrot tree. He was picking some of the fruit for the carrot tree that he planted. So Malay Choni said, Are you the person who planted this tree? No, I am the grandson of the one who planted the tree. So Malay Choni said, It must be that I just left for 70 years, just like the Pasuk said. That just that was my question, right? He saw that that was his question. How could there be a 70-year dream? Because nobody sleeps for 70 years. And then suddenly, that exact point phenomenon happens to Choni. He sleeps for 70 years. Chaza, He saw that his animal had given birth to generations and generations of different offspring. So that just confirmed that he had slept for more for such a long time. So his donkey had given birth to so many, to so many donkeys, and they had given birth to other donkeys. So he realized that he really must have been sleeping for such a long time. So what happens? Azulabesi, he went back to his house. He's trying to figure out what's going on in the world now that he realizes seven years has passed. He goes back home. Amalu, he says to the people in his house, is the son of Choni Mago alive? Amalu, they said, so his son is already dead. Barbara, he said, his grandson is alive. Amalu, he said to them, I know Choni Mago. He says, hey, I'm Choni the Mago. They didn't believe him because after all, Choni hadn't been seen for the last 70 years. So they couldn't believe that it was him. She went to the base medrash. I mean, the rabbanon to come here. The rabbanon saying, "Near in Shmaitz, in Kivshne Choni Hamagol." That are that that what we're saying today is as clear as they used to be in the years of Choni Hamagol. In other words, just as in the days of Choni, he was able to. We were able to learn with clarity 
So to now we have that same clarity. Whatever would happen, whenever we go to Bismarck, whatever difficulties the Rabbanon had, he would resolve them for them. He was always very good at answering any Shilohs in the Bismarck. He said, I know Neil. He says, guys, you're talking about Choni Amago. I am Choni Amago. Loim knew, they didn't believe him either. And they didn't give him any honor or respect because, again, they didn't believe that it was Choni Amago. So, Cholosh Daite, he got very sad about this. Boy Rachmi, he davened for Rachmi Mubis, and he died. And he wanted to die. He couldn't bear being in the world when he didn't have any companionship. This is the source for the very popular saying, either have a sense of companionship or death, because without companionship, it's not worth living. Now the Gemara continues with more stories about Chonia Magal's descendants. Abba Chokia was a grandson when the world needed rain, the Rabbanon would send a request to him, to Avachokia, he would daven, rain would come. The world needed rain, so the rabbi sent a pair of Rabbanon to Avachokia, to ask him to daven for mercy, that the rain should come. They went to his house, to Avachokia's house, but they couldn't find him. They went out, to the fields, they found him hoeing. They greeted him when he was out of the field, but he didn't give them a good smile. He didn't welcome them. He didn't show them his face, meaning he wasn't uh, um, recognizing them in a happy way. Then in the evening, he gathered up some wood. <coughs> He's taking back wood to take home. He carries the wood and his hoe, and the hoe on one shoulder. He puts his coat he puts his jacket on the other shoulder. The whole way, he didn't wear shoes. When he came to water, then he put his shoes on to cross the water. When he came to a place where there were thorns, he picked up his, the hem of his clothing. In other words, he picked it up and exposes his leg to the thorn. When he gets to the town, his wife comes out, and she greets him, and she's all adorned. She looks good. When he reaches his house, first his wife enters first, then, then he enters, and then only afterward that, where the other rabbis allowed to enter. Yasef, we'll see in a second all the significance to all these details. Yasef, he sits down and eats bread. But he did not first invite the Rabbana to join in the meal. Polygraph to the Yenugay, gives bread to his children, the Kashisha Chadza is a Chetrei, to the older child he gave one bread, to the younger child he gave two. Amalot Devisu, then he said to his wife, I know that the Rabbis have come here to ask me for Davin for rain. Let's just go up to the roof. After the Rabbis have accept our Davining, and there will be rain. And then we don't have to take credit for bringing it. Meaning, if we wait for them to ask, and then we Davin, and then it rains, so then we're going to get all the, all the credit. So let's just go up to Davin right now before they even ask us so that it won't look like we have all the credit for the rain. They went up to the roof, she stands in the other corner, and they Davin in their answer. When the rain came, the cloud first came from the corner where his wife was. It somehow indicates that her tefillah was bigger. When he came down from the roof, he says, hey, why are the Rabbanon here? So I will lay, they say, We were sent by the rabbis as um, agents to ask you to daven for rain. He said, So Baruch Hashem, you didn't even have to ask. That's what happened. We were answered right away. 
and you were spared, you didn't even have to ask me to daven. However, what happens here is that the messengers realized they weren't fooled. They knew Ava Chokia must have gone up to daven or something. So now they realize they're dealing with an Ish Gadlan Ma'od, and they want to understand all the strange behavior which he had been displaying. They want to understand it better. So they questioned him about all the details of the story. So Amulay, they said to him, we know that the rain came because of your tefillah. Explain to us how do you mean the tefillah on all the things that were astonishing, the things that are bothering us about what you did. He didn't welcome us with a smile or anything. He said, because I'm a day worker, so I'm on the clock. I don't. I said to myself, I don't want to interrupt. Right? If I would go welcome you and smile at you, or even interrupt in the slightest, that's really stealing from my employer. So I didn't want to do that. My Why is it that you're carrying the wood on your shoulder, on one shoulder, and the cloak on the other? Why don't you just put the wood on top of the cloak? Um, why don't you just put it on top of the cloak? What's going on? If you think about it, when you put wood, um, when you put when you put wood without 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 a cloak on it, it can hurt, right? So I'm a little talashulaitzah. It was a borrowed cloak. For this, I borrowed it, and for this, I didn't borrow it. Meaning, I borrowed it. But the understanding I was going to wear it. But to carry wood on it, I didn't. So maybe, right, when you put wood on, when you put a jacket on, on top of wood, maybe it could, it could get, um, when you put wood on top of the jacket, maybe the, the jacket get ruined a little bit. So who said I was allowed to do that? If it would be my jacket, I could do whatever I want with it. But since I borrowed it, we're not allowed to do that. So that's why he took off the jacket and only then did he put the wood on his shoulder. My time in Kula Oracle of Simon of Asadi. How come the whole way home you didn't wear your shoes? The Chimat of when you came to the water, then Simon Sadi, you put on the shoes. So Amalu, he said, Kula Oracle of the whole way I could see where I was stepping, so I don't need shoes, even though there are things there. But if I could see, I can watch where I'm stepping, so I don't need the water. I don't know where I'm stepping. Therefore, if I can't see in the water, that's when you need your shoes. My time in Chimat of Asadi, the Higi, the Lidlumani. How come when you came to the thorns, you picked it up the hem of your clothing? So you're exposing your legs to, 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 to the thorns. That doesn't seem smart. You're going to get pricked. So he says, the leg could heal, but the garment doesn't heal. So meaning a scratch on a leg, it could heal, but a torn garment doesn't. So it makes sense that he picked up the hem so that um, he would scratch his legs instead of tearing his garment. My time, How come when, when you came to the town, the, your, your wife came out to greet you and you, she was all adorned? How come she looks so good? So he said, So that I shouldn't have to look and desire other women. very careful that she always looks very good. My time, Allah, went into the house. She went first. Father, I and only then did you follow her. Father, I did not know. Only then did we go afterwards. Meaning, how come you walked after your wife? So he said, you should below, but actually, I didn't know you. Meaning, you weren't investigated to me. I didn't know if you were if it was proper to leave his wife outside with two strange men. So he first told her to go inside, and only afterwards did he follow, and then the two men. They continue with their line of questioning. Here, my time, how come you're breaking bread? You didn't say that, come and eat. How come you, we weren't invited immediately to, to come and eat? Why, why, why did we have to wait? So he said, we should, we should load a feature if there was not enough bread. So if there was not enough bread, so then you you were going to turn me down. You weren't going to take away food from my family. I don't want to give me credit for nothing. So meaning, if I don't ask you, so you don't give me any credit. But if I ask you, so even if you turn me down, but if I offer, ooh, we have to show uh, like credit for, for, for inviting us. And I didn't want to get any sense of credit whatsoever. And that's why I didn't invite you. 
My time, uh, why did you give the older child one bread and the younger child got two breads? And when Lily said, I go, but basically, the young, this one is at home where he's able to eat by Yasmin The younger one is in Shul all day. So it seems like the younger children used to learn Torah out of the Shul. So they would be hungry, but the older brother was at home working and whatnot. So he would, um, he would eat some stuff. He would always be munching on stuff at home all day. See, he wasn't as hungry. Why did the clouds come from the corner where your wife was standing before the clouds in your direction? And when I was basically, why is the woman answered first? The answer is, because a woman is generally in the house. So she's always available to give bread to poor people. And the benefit is immediately felt. So there's two things. First of all, she's accessible to the poor people. And when she gives charity, it's immediately there. She just takes out some bread and gives it to the Ani, so it's an immediate type of Ana for the Ani to enjoy. So she has like some extra, extra schlesen. I give money, and the benefit is not immediate. They have to go and buy food. Inami, another reason. I knew Biryoni Damashiko said there were some boars, bad people in the neighborhood. I was dominating, they should die. She was dominating and said they should do teshuva. So, and in fact, she was successful through her tefillah and they did repent. So she has greater skosin than me because while I daven for these people to die, she daven for them to become better and they, they in fact did become better. Says the Gemara, Hanachba means the one who hides himself. We'll see why he was called that. He was the son of the daughter of he would start college when the world needed rain. The rabbis would send a little school child to him, and um, they would send it to him and ask him to daven. He would hold him by the hem of his garment. He would say to him, "Abba, Abba, Father, Father, how will Mitchell give us rain?" It was trying to get him to like you know open up like when you see a little kid asking for rain. That's obviously a very emotional thing. So I'm of yeah, so Hanan would then say to Hashem, Do it for the little kid. They don't know the difference between the father and Shemayim. The real Eivishtah gives rain. Whereas the regular father here, doesn't, they, he obviously doesn't provide rain. But they don't know. They look to me and they say, Father, give rain. So that itself is the schos, that you should give them rain for these little kids who don't know anything different. In other words, obviously, they don't deserve to be punished for anything. So that's why the rain should fall for the kids. Where did he get this name, Hanan, the hidden one? He always would conceal himself um, when he was going to the bathroom. In other words, he was very careful to be sneeze. Even when he was all alone in the bathroom, he was super careful not to expose himself. Now the Gemara continues in terms of the style of other people davening for rain. What's the difference between the Takifei of Eretz Yisrael and the pious people of Babel? <clears throat> so the right you were talking about the righteous people in Eretz Yisrael they're called the Takifei they would it made them look like a little bit haughtier and the people in, in Bavo were usually known they were big tzaddikim and a little bit like say a little bit a little bit nicer um, but the bottom line is even though we use that language of the Takifei Eretz Yisrael Hasid the Bavo the Gemara is going to give us a contrast uh, between the two Hasid the Bavo Rafun Rakhis the pious people Bavo Rafun Rakhis the Kevin Zrak Allah the Mitzrayim when they need rain Armino Nikim Dechurak when they say gather together pray for rain. They wanted like a very public thing. They thought it was good that it should be done when everyone would gather in public. After the Masa, Coach Baruch Hashem might accept us, and the rains will come. But on the other hand, to keep it Yisrael, the strong, powerful people, Sadiq and Eretz Yisrael, Yonah, the father of our money, 
They have a mitzvah called a mitzvah when the world needed rain. Have an island base. You would just go to his house for Amalu and say to his family, "Avalu, call you, give me my sack." Find some ice. Use the ibura, and let me let me go and get some grain for one zuz. Zuz is a lot to spend for grain. It was inflation, right? That was the point. So Ravuna would hide even from his own family. Ravuna was hiding even from his own family about where he, where he was really going. He wanted to be extremely private. So he would pretend he was going to buy grain. He would go outside. He would go and find a very deep place to daven, as the Pasuk says, from the very depths, I call out to you, Hashem. So he would go to a low place, and he'd go into a very secluded area where no one would see him and cover himself. He would cover himself by when the rain would come. So the whole thing is that in Bubble, they were doing it publicly, and in Eretz they were doing it, but come back home, the people in the house would say, I see my Bura, did you bring any grain back? So he would say, I mean, since the come, the world is relieved. It doesn't pay to pay now because now the prices are going to go down. And that was his whole excuse. He planned on um, buying grain, but since it rained, so then he didn't end up buying. So basically, his whole thing was trying to hide in humility what it is that he was doing. Says the Gemara Sue, another story of Marty Beret. Armani has said, I'm a He was being harassed by people from the Nazis' court. It was like a little bit of a politics game here, but the people from the Nazis' court were, were harassing him. He lay himself out in the grave of his father. His Ramari, he was the son of Raviona. So he goes to Raviona's grave and he, he, he bows. He says, Father, these people are bothering me. And what happened was, some of the people were passing by that place, that cave where Raviona was buried. In Inkudkara, the legs of their horses got stuck to that place until they accepted upon themselves that they weren't going to harass for money. So we see about the greatness of the power, um, the power here of these these great strong people from Eretz Israel. Furthermore, about our money, but too, money of Ben money used to always be by the Shir of Ben Our money said to him, the rich people in my father-in-law's house they bother me. So Amar Ramani came back and he said, so, so, so what happened? So Amar Bitslik said, Liani, they should become poor. Because if they'll come poor, they become humble. And therefore they won't, they won't hurt you as much. So what happened after that to Livianu? They in fact became poor. Amar so Ramani came back and said, Now, they, now they're, 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 they're harassing me to give them money because they're poor. So Amar Bitslik said, they should become rich. They became rich again. So we see how he was able to just... Um, how he was dealing with just like a Stam story here, but we see about him dealing with the tefillas and people changing. Unbelievable. Says the Gemara, Amar, our money once said, My wife isn't, isn't, I don't like her so much, meaning she's not as beautiful as I would like her to be. So Amar, Rabbi Bissel said, Mashma, what's her name? Chana. So he said, This is Amar Chana, Rabbi Bissel said, Chana should become beautiful. So she did become beautiful. Amar, then her money came back and he said, Come and I was lie. Now, now that she's, she's too much for me to handle. Right? In other words, now, now, now it's too much. So what happened now that his wife was too beautiful? So she become she should go back to the way she was. She turned back to being plain, just the way that she was. There was once two students, who was in front of who was we see that he was able, you know, to change people's character change their um, their looks as we just learned can you dive for us that we should become very smart right so everybody wants a piece of this now so said the power to change this was once with me but it left so meaning to say that I, I don't have the same power that I have that I used to have that's what it's, it seems 
um, that he was trying to say is he's saying, I can no longer doubt for you. I can't doubt for you that you should become wiser, even though that it is what you want.